What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another week of TV channeling. This is where we channel TV, basically, hence the name TV channeling. My name is Tachi, and I have my fantastic co-host with me. Co-host, introduce yourself. Hey, it's me, Kevin. Yes, as if it would be anybody else. It's funny that you say that because it wouldn't be anybody else. But thank you for being here, Kevin. Thank you for having me. And this is week three. And so we actually started off talking about our top fives. The first show was our top five shows of all favorite shows of all time. And the second one was our top five guilty pleasures. And we're still uh, open to knowing yours. So your top five shows of all time and then your top five guilty pleasures. We still really want to know. So you can go ahead and send those to us via social media. We'll give you the uh, social handles at the end of the show if you want to do that. But first, Kevin, once again, you're doing good? I am doing great today. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I mean, at the risk of dating ourselves, I do want to say it's election day. Yes, it is election day, so it's a it's a little tense. So I'm hoping things will be going well and um the world won't be coming to an end so people can actually listen to this podcast. <laughs> Otherwise there's no bloody point, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. All right. So what should we do first? Do you want to look Okay, Tachi. So why don't we do the news? So what is going on in TV and entertainment news this week? Well, there's always something new going on, but there there are a couple of things going on. Well, first, let me mention, since it's election day, you know that most of television, most of media is zeroed in on this election. And People are pretty tired of it. I know I've had it, and I've told you I'm not watching election night coverage because I don't care to know until tomorrow morning. So for those of you that are like me, that are trying to avoid election coverage by any means necessary, the Weather Channel has you covered. So even though you guys are going to hear this after the election, I think this is a really cool thing that the Weather Channel is doing. So they have their kind of Unelection coverage. So it's a time to basically chill and listen to. They have, um, like easy listening and smooth jazz to autumn splendor. That means you get to see scenery and footage of all the wonderful leaves changing because it is autumn and also waterfalls, rainbows, nature, mountains, anything that's natural, you will see on the weather channel. So I have been watching it. For a good few hours, and it really does have a calming effect. Yeah, I could use a calming effect right about now. <laughs> Tune in the Weather Channel, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a cool thing. And you know, for me, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know that they've done this before. It's kind of like a Yule log for Election Day, basically. So I don't know that they've done this type of thing before, because I, I only really watch the Weather Channel uh, periodically. But it will be interesting to see what the ratings are for this how well it goes over, and when they do something like this again. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, this is a particularly rough election, so this it fits this time. I don't know if they'll have to do this um, four years from now, but we'll see. Right. Well, I, I mean, not even just for elections, but for, okay, Christmas, are they going to do, like, snow scenes and things like that to Christmas music? Are they going... I'm wondering if this is going to be the start of the Weather Channel branching out besides just weather-related things. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, well, it's going to go from being the Weather Channel to, I don't know, the Smooth Jazz um, <laughs> Nature Channel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Where are they going to fit no. in those weather broadcasts and weather information in between all the smooth jazz and falling snow and shots of kids making snowmen? Wow. Wow. I, I Weather? <laughs> I guess <laughs> Wow. Okay. Okay. So speaking of election, I, I, I can't, I don't want to talk about it, but we have to, we have to talk about the amazing job that uh, has Saturday Night Live has been doing with their caricatures of the election, the two electionites. Is that the word? Electionese, whatever the hell they are, but the two candidates. Uh, the debates, the, 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 the debate, debate parodies. Right. 
the parodies exactly. So Kate McKinnon and Alec Baldwin as Hillary Clinton and, and uh, Donald Trump, respectively, they have been killing it. Oh, yeah, that has been the one bright spot in all this darkness um, has been looking forward to Saturday Night Live and what they're going to do and all the material they've gotten um, uh, from uh, from the Donald has really helped the show to just be uh, on point. The ratings have been really great. And um, I think Lauren Michaels is going to be really sad to have the selection uh, over with. But I'm sure we're going to get at least one. One more, um, uh, no matter what happens, we're going to at least get one more uh, skit, uh, an opening of the of the show with both of them. I think we got we have at least one more in store. Exactly, if not more, because this is this has really been one of the highest rated seasons for them ever because of this. I mean, even the fact what Tina Fey did, um, Sarah Palin, she killed it too as Sarah Palin. But, you know, this really, I think because of the contentiousness of this election, this really killed it and people just needed to laugh. Yeah, it's been, it's been really hard. So as, as some of the debates got really dark and disturbing, especially the, uh, the second to last one was really creepy and weird. And so I think Saturday Night Live just gave us uh, some levity and kind of lightened the spirits of the country, I think. I think so. But this is the interesting thing. It's not easy playing the Donald, okay? And <laughs> according to um, to uh, Alec Baldwin, he says that there's a, quote, exaggeration of every word he almost sprained his jaw pushing his lower jaw forward to talk the way he does and say putin <laughs> oh my so, god we know that yeah. you know what he gives for his art he gives for his art he, he damn near sprained his jaw because of that i'm like why and you can see his jaw is really protruding forward when he's playing trump so he's like he almost sprained his jaw that's crazy that's crazy, but he's put, throwing himself into his art. So what else is going on in entertainment news right now? Okay, so The Simpsons is about to make television history yet again. So if is you that didn't possible, what are they going to do now? <laughs> they're making television history. Okay, so Fox has renewed them for 20, seasons 29 and seasons 30. So Saturday Night Live has been on for, what, 40 years? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they surpassed them in terms of that. But I think this is the only animated series that has been on this long. So that's number one. Number two, they're being renewed for an un its unprecedented 29th and 30th seasons, which brings the show to 669 episodes. That's huge. because That is huge. It is. It is. This is surpassing the largest number of episodes for any scripted <laughs> primetime series ever. So, okay, it's not just animated. It's any scripted primetime series ever. Let me tell you who currently holds this. So when they do the 29th, 29th and 30th seasons that will bring them to 669 episodes they're not there yet the show that currently holds the record is gunsmoke at 635 so gunsmoke has 635 episodes when the 29th and 30th seasons happen they will have uh the simpsons will have 669 so yeah gunsmoke is going down <laughs> in smoke <laughs> <laughs> going up in smoke Oh, going, that's right that's right it's going up in smoke absolutely absolutely so that's the thing for the you know what did you tell me uh the last time when we did our uh top five favorites i know the simpsons is on both of our top fives did you tell Definitely. me what your favorite episode was i don't remember it was lemon of troy lemon of troy that's right where the, where the lemon tree was um <laughs> was uh stolen by the pe good people of Shelbyville. Yes. Or the bad people of Shelbyville. <laughs> oh, the good, bad, the ugly people of, of Shelbyville. Okay, so more going on. What you didn't know, probably. Did you know there's an anniversary that we need to celebrate? What? <laughs> the anniversary of television itself. So it's television's anniversary and i didn't know about it i'm very mad at you. myself i'm mad at you too i'm mad at you too <laughs> i thought you were a, were a die hard addict 
I am a diehard addict, but I was so much of an addict. I was so busy watching TV. I didn't look at my calendar and <laughs> realize that it was the anniversary of television itself. Yes. Actually. Yes. So actually this week, November 2nd, actually was November 2nd this week. November 2nd was last week. So last Wednesday was the, so, but this month, the 80th anniversary of television. So on November 2nd, 1936, the BBC launched the first regular TV service from Alexandra Palace. So Wow. Yeah. I can't believe the TV is 80 years old. It looks so young. You said it looks young. <laughs> I'm sorry. TV really is still in, in its infancy. If you think about the fact that it's always evolving, there's always new technology to make things better and sharper. Think about the quality back in 1936 compared to the television quality we have now. Oh, it's it's uh, uh, night and day doesn't even describe the difference and um, how it, you're right. It continues to evolve. And now we have um, Ultra HD um and, um, you know, the video games, uh, I was just watching a YouTube video about the launch of the PlayStation Pro and how it's 4K rendering and how gorgeous it is. And mm. just we're almost getting to the point where the video games are photo real, which is kind of disturbing in a way. Uh, bad news for actors. You can be replaced by pixels. Oh, they're looking already. I mean, but think about it. That really started back with all the CGI that they used for Titanic. All those people that were waving from the shore, those were all just computer-generated folks. So they've been looking for a way to replace people for a while. And they may, yeah, they may have it. But one thing um, in terms of the computer graphics in 4K, because uh, PlayStation, when Sony did their PlayStation event, when was it, a couple of weeks ago, they showed some of the things. There's still a ways they need to go in terms of making the people look as real as they possibly can. Hair they've got down, but skin they still need to kind of tweak. But the, I mean, I was watching some of the, the footage from the games and the scenery. I thought I was there until a person walked in. I said, oh, it's a game. So they still have a little ways to go, but they're getting close. You're right. Um, last week, Lionsgate announced that they're going to team up with Tyler Perry for at least two more movies, another Medea picture and a second film that they didn't reveal. So they learned, we learned just today, actually, that he's going to uh, Perry is going to produce an English language remake of the South Korean hit dramedy, Miss Granny. Have you ever heard of that? I have not heard of Miss Granny. Is Miss Granny all going to be a Medea project or is well, it going to be a completely new thing? That's a good question. I have no clue whether or not Miss Granny is going to be Medea or this is something new. All I know is they said that they, they have teamed up with Perry to do an English remake of this. So, and uh, yeah, it's about a woman in her 70s who magically finds herself in the body of a 20-year-old after having her picture taken at a mysterious studio. You, I could see this as a Medea film, to be honest. Yeah, but the, the, the question is, uh, Tyler Perry can play Medea, but can he play like a young woman or would it be a completely different actress who'd be playing a younger Medea? Good question. It would probably be somebody different. I know Tyler Perry can play like himself. I'm I always didn't. curious about when it's funny to me when you think about how uh, people buy the rights to different projects, because it's like that sounds so much like remember how there was like a whole bunch of movies. There was like big um, Freaky Friday. Yeah. There's always these either body switching or there was 13 going on 30 where there was uh, and big both had no no switching. But it was like somebody uh, young becoming older people be older becoming younger so uh, the idea they had to basically pay for the rights to this this particular movie is just like that seems like such a generic kind of idea that we've seen so many different versions of that so it'll be interesting to see if there's really something incredible in the script that justifies doing that well there's no such thing as a new incredible script everything has been done before it's just the spin that they bring to it so i, I think here's the, the draw the fact that okay it opened in theaters in korea in 2014 january of 2014 and it was a huge box office hit so reportedly they sold eight 
8.65 million tickets sold. And to date, it's earned the equivalent of about 61.8 million. So it's number 13 on the all-time Korean box office chart. That was probably the draw. Wow. <laughs> okay. That was probably the draw right there. They said, we can retool this for an American audience. We could get Tyler Perry involved. Possibly, and I don't know for sure it's going to be Medea, but if it's possibly Medea, and they just made, uh, you know, they were just number one, was it for two, two weeks straight at the box office? Okay. Don't pool. get me started on that. That was so shocking to me. Okay. Not okay, only well, did started. Go ahead. Not only did Medea take out Jack Reacher. Sorry, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> if you wore a dress, we'd go see your movies. Um, but also took down Inferno, took down Tom Hanks. Uh-huh. He is America's sweetheart. It, it is amazing, uh, Medea's uh popularity i i don't understand it but clearly medea's got something going on because took down (laughs) two of the biggest stars in movie history well i do people want to laugh people are tired of this humdrum doom and gloom and so here you go first of all not no disrespect but tom uh not tom hanks was the other one uh tom cruise the other tom i don't know that i don't know who's interested in seeing him right now not to be funny and not for nothing, but we're not interested in seeing him in the same type of role. I think that's the thing, which it seems to be. Nobody wants to see another Mission Impossible. So I think that's part, I think that's part of it. But the biggest part of it is people just want to laugh. And it's a funny movie. It was about Halloween. People just want to let go and let loose. I think that was part of it. Maybe, well, again, you wouldn't have a non-Halloween a film during non-Halloween time. But if it was a Medea film that went up against those two at any other time, it may not have done so well. Well, I was shocked at how uh, how badly Inferno did. Um, the first two, let's see, what were the, uh, the Da Vinci Code films um, did pretty well, and not pretty well. They were they did very well, and um, Inferno just did nothing. So I, it's just um, I don't know. Maybe people are just kind of tired of um, of uh, sequels. Yes, <laughs> yes, I think so. I think so. But speaking of, well, this has nothing to do with being tired, but it's bringing a fresh look at cooking. Do you watch cooking shows? I love cooking shows. Okay, you know what? Shout out to the Barefoot Contessa. I love you. (laughs) I love you. I'm sure she loves you too, (laughs) (laughs) Kate. Okay, so you're a foodie. That's right. You are a foodie and you love cooking shows. Did you then watch Martha and Snoop's Potluck Dinner Party? I did not. I heard about, uh, and it, it sound, I thought I had some kind of weird fever dream because I was watching her on Seth Meyers when she said that she was doing a cooking show with Snoop Dogg. And I was like, yes. what? Yeah. Well, I actually found out about that like a few months ago. And I was like, what is this? You need to call it quiche and weed because that's really what it is, what it's probably going to be. So I did not see it. It debuted uh, on VH1. Actually, it debuted, I think it debuts tonight, if I'm not mistaken, on VH1. So it, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, but it actually uh, is going to be on VH1. And it's supposed to be the strangest and most surprising new program of the year. And, but, you know, according to them, the person who reviewed it said that it works really hard to convince us that co-hosts Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg have almost nothing in common. But what would they have in wait, common? Wait, we need to be convinced of this? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, what would they have in common? What, what would they have That's a very common? easy job. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, um, besides the fact that I don't, has Snoop, has Snoop ever been to jail? I don't know that he has. Martha has. Okay, they might have that in common. Right. I, I don't if, know about Snoop's. Uh, I, I, to, be, uh, to be honest with you, I would be surprised if he hadn't been to jail. So that's a terrible know. thing to say. But, but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we don't know that, but that could be something that they have. Um, in common. So it's supposed, for those of you who don't know, it's supposed to be a show where they're basically hanging out. So Martha and Snoop, and apparently they're friends in real life. And um, they make this odd couple. So she's prim, white, older. She's got a lifestyle-based empire. 
He's a weed smoking 40 something black and he's got his own version of entrepreneurial success as well. They basically have folks over and they cook and hang and, and all of that. So they, they do contests too, apparently. So the first one is supposed to revolve around fried chicken. Okay. Okay. I got to stop you right there. <laughs> you can't see my face. VH1? VH1, come back. What's oh, happened are you, to you? You're just now seeing there's a problem with VH1? <laughs> no, I know, but this is just... This? To hear about Snoop Dogg and Martha and their fried chicken contest is just... I just... I don't know. I just VH1. I, you know what? I the last straw for me in VH1 was VH1 had gotten rid of pretty much all semblances of music on their channel except for one thing. They had their top twenty countdown on Saturday. Uh, it would first air on Saturday mornings, and I, like Gail King, looked forward to the top twenty countdown. Uh, you know, kind of keeping up to date with uh, what's happening in music. And the original host, whose name escapes me, I'm so sorry. He was really good and knew everything about music. They got rid of him. The first bad sign was they X'd him out and got because he was like around 30 something so they got rid of him and brought in some uh some girl who must be like i don't know maybe maybe 23 on an old day and um replaced him with her she knew nothing about music she hosted the show for like a good 20 minutes and then it was canceled gone completely and that was that was the day that i removed VH1 from my favorites channel list. There was, it was only, I only was watching one show on the whole network and still could not bring myself to remove it from my favorites list because that's how far back VH1 and I went back in the days when they had like divas and back in the day when they had like the fashion awards. VH1 was everything to me. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's gone. (laughs) Fried chicken contest. No. <laughs> oh, well, if there's any consolation, at least Martha gives some sort of historical spin to it. Apparently it was brought to the U.S. by Scottish immigrants and then African-Americans improved on it. Okay, I'm anyway. going to be quiet. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> says Martha Stewart. Okay, before we get into deep trouble, is there any exactly. other news touching? Exactly, yeah. We, we, I need her to sponsor us. Anyway, so if you remember last year during Christmas, Fox had a holiday special with Taraji P. Henson and with Terrence Howard. Do you re- did you watch it or do you remember it? I remember it. I did not see it, though. I watched it. It was actually really good. So, of course, Empire was the bee's knees back then, and everybody was all over everything Empire. So the entire cast was there, and, of course, it was hosted by Taraji P. Henson, who is a shout-out to you, Taraji. She's a Howard grad. I'm a Howard grad, so shout-out, Taraji. And uh, Terrence Howard. So it was Taraji and Terrence's White Hot Holidays. So he's not going to be back this year, but Taraji will. And she's set to return to host uh, another holiday special. I don't know. We don't know what it's going to be called. And again, he's Howard is not co-hosting this year, but there are some guests who we know and some surprises in store. So Howard could pop up, you know, Terrence Howard could pop up. So, so far, the guests that have been announced are Jesse Smollett, of course, from Empire. Tay Diggs, who, of course, is from Empire. And my husband in my head. Pharrell Williams. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought your husband in your head was Doctor Who. That, too. Look. You are in your head polygamist. <laughs> oh, there you go. Because, because between him, between uh, David Tennant, Tay Diggs. Well, Tay Diggs is a little lower on the list, for real. Common is high up there, just so you know. Uh, okay, there's a stable of husbands, Tachi's husbands. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know you're gonna mention. Oh, there's Tay Diggs, and then there's Doctor Who, and then right, but he's farther down the the, the totem pole. Common okay. is, is 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 really probably first, followed by David Tennant, followed by Idris Elba, followed by. <laughs> 
Yes. No. (laughs) All right. Your husband, Harem. Okay. Anyway, now just, just out of curiosity, do you have enough of, uh, enough of husbands in your head to basically carry you on a throne with like, (laughs) like walk you around? They would have to take turns because there's just too many of them. Oh, okay. So, (laughs) So anyway, getting away from my husbands, Pharrell Williams is also supposed to be on there. Missy Elliott, whom I love. Missy. Yes. Alicia Keys. You know, she's doing her natural thing. So, uh, Daryl, Daryl McDaniels from Run DMC, Snoop Dogg and TLC. And there's some other people. So also Tyler Perry is supposed to make, uh, uh, an appearance as well as Brooklyn Nine-Nine's Terry Crews. Wow. They're cramming a lot. Of, is it in an hour or two hours? That's a it's lot one of one hour. It's one hour. So each of you gets 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's it so uh yeah it's going to be it seems like it oh it's going to be called taraji's white hot holidays all right i'm already feeling christmasy just just listening oh you don't even need to list you can go into the store i went to the store today i'm like is nothing sacred can we at least have Thanksgiving? Oh, no, we couldn't have Halloween. I we was seeing, Halloween. I was seeing was Christmas, Christmas commercials for Best Buy before yes. Halloween. Yes. Yeah, you can't eat. Look, you can't even enjoy the current season that you're in or the current holiday because Enterprise is pushing you towards the next holiday. I'm like, egad. Can I, I? I barely got my ghost off of the door. <laughs> can I celebrate that, please? No, you can't. Apparently not. <laughs> wow. Cool beats. All right. Okay. What else? Are you a sports fan? Something tells me no, but I'm going to ask anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to let that insult go and let you continue to talk. <laughs> I'm not insulting you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not really a huge sports fan, except I love soccer. But other than that, and I love the Olympics. I was like glued to the to the set during the Olympics, especially for certain events. Oh, but yeah. I, yeah, right? But I'm not like a huge football, basketball, whatever fan. So the NFL is embracing virtual reality. How so? Now, yeah, well, so they're commissioning a nine-part series that shot um, for YouTube and is going to be available from the 24th of November. Oh, well, from the 24th of November. So it's produced by NFL Films in collaboration with Google Jump. And they're going to have 360-degree videos. And they're going to be, you could view them on Google's Daydream headset. So I don't know if you watched the Google event, but they debuted a new virtual reality headset called the Daydream. Okay. No, I did not see that. Yeah, it's if you ask me, it looks like it's made of sweatshirt material. It's supposed to have like a heather gray and a, like a heather crimson, and it's soft. It looks like it's made out of a you know sweatshirt, like comfy material, because they wanted it to be comfortable. So anyway, you're going to be able to use something like a, a you know a Google Daydream headset when it releases later this year, or any headset, and watch these things in 3D. So. To keep viewers engaged, they're going to have episodes that will allow you to stand alongside the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders and immerse yourself in the sport the way it wasn't possible before. So you're actually going to be on the sidelines during the, you know, to see this, if you're able to uh, have a headset and watch it. That's kind of cool, don't you think? Yeah, well, the idea that you're immersed, you're basically hanging out with the cheerleaders. I don't know. I, I think that that could go south pretty quick. I'm like, what exactly are we selling here? <laughs> you're <laughs> like, oh, you. it's about sports. Well, you get to hang out with the cheerleaders. Only okay. you, Kevin Williams. Only you. <laughs> actually, <laughs> you know, I actually had a student who was a Miami Dolphins cheerleader. Actually, two students who were Miami Dolphins cheerleaders. So wow. that's, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Well, maybe I'll get to meet them when I put those goggles on. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, were you a former student of Taji? <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, oh. <laughs> all right, so, Taji. Well, that's, I think that's where we're done with all the news for this week because it's about time for me to ask you, what yeah. are you watching on TV right now? What has got your interest? Oh my goodness. So I am, and I know this is, I've kind of had to pull you along on this journey, but I'm loving Atlanta. 
Atlanta last week actually celebrated their last, well, not celebrated, but they had the the last episode for this season. The season finale. Mm -hmm. The season finale was last week, last Tuesday. So yeah, I will be missing it. (laughs) We'll be waiting for it to come back, but I love Atlanta. There's something. So it's Atlanta is created and written by Donald Glover and um, music is done by um, his brother. What is his brother's name? I'll look for it. But his, his brother and the soundtrack is just amazing. And so the premise, if you don't know uh, about Atlanta, it takes place in Atlanta. Donald Glover is and you'll remember Donald Glover. He's done a bunch of things. But if you watched Community, he was on Community. So he's a, a great writer and also wrote for 30 rock i did not know that he wrote for 30 rock that's interesting yeah 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 so he also uh wrote for 30 rock one of the writers for 30 rock but you know these writers rooms often have a lot of people so he was one of the uh, people in the writers room so yep he did 30 rock and he is the creator as i said of atlanta it is about he who he plays earn who's kind of like this i don't want to say deadbeat but this kind of deadbeatish, but is trying <laughs> deadbeatish, like blackish, okay, deadbeatish, but he's trying to do something and become better. And because he has a daughter with um his well on again, off again girlfriend, they're broken up, but they're kind of together. Van, uh, Vanessa, and so he's trying to do things to support his daughter and that type of thing. And so. His cousin is uh, an Atlanta rapper called Paperboy. And so he approaches his cousin to manage his career. And that's like the start of like all the different adventures <laughs> that 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 go on. And the thing is, it's it's hilarious. I will say there is you language. If you're not a fan of the N word, it's going to be difficult because I'm not a fan of the N word. I hate that word. But for some reason, I was able to get past that to see the brilliance in the writing. Because honestly, if you were dealing with characters like this in Atlanta, that's exactly how they would speak. So, yeah, to be fair, that's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think it would have made any sense for Glover to sugarcoat the language when that's not how they would really speak. You're in the rap game, you're in Atlanta or whatever part of the rap game you are, you're going to hear a few N words thrown around. But this the show is really smart. It's really funny. It's well written. The characters are really well rounded. I you know, it's not just one type of character and it, they showcase all parts of Atlanta society. So, you know, you think of Atlanta, it's not just strip clubs. You know, they have a little bit of that in there and clubs in there, but that's not the main thing. They have bougie Atlanta in there as well, but that's not the main thing. So I think it gives as much as you can in a half hour, because these are only half hour episodes, as much as you can, it gives a good view of life in Atlanta. Every Everybody I talk to that lives in Atlanta or is from Atlanta, they're like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's an accurate de- uh, depiction. Yeah, absolutely. 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 So I do want to tell you about my favorite episode. But... Okay, what is your favorite episode? <laughs> I, the favorite episode was the episode before the finale. Uh, I can't remember the... Um, the title of the episode but it's the one where vanessa needs to and you watch this too i I think i know which one you're talking about yes vanessa is trying to get some other opportunities so she goes to somebody that she met not really a friend but somebody that she met is having a juneteenth party i could barely keep myself together is having a juneteenth celebration but when you when they walk in it's like total slavery okay it is ridiculous it is so over the top and that's why i'm i was cracking up the entire episode because it's a sad commentary because you will see some people that try and celebrate things like juneteenth in that wrong way and the funny thing is that this friend who's you know african-american or not really a friend but the person she knows is married her husband is white but he thinks that he knows all things black and is trying to <laughs> advise Earn on his blackness. Like, you've never been to Africa? You have to go. That's your, that's your root. Where are you from? Yoruba? 
no you know so he's trying to place where he's from and all yeah. of that so it's hilarious the whole episode is that is my favorite episode i think yeah i managed to only watch a couple episodes all the way through i watched that one and the one i actually really did like was the one that was a whole the whole episode was kind of a parody of public yes. affairs broadcast um i don't know what the name of that episode was but it was really kind of clever uh down to the fact that it's the whole uh show was about uh, Paperboy going on like a Sunday morning public affairs show and um, debating uh, someone about his uh, lyrics being homophobic and misogynistic. And um, there was even uh, parody commercials th- that blended into the show and the real commercials. It was, it was beautifully done. I really enjoyed that episode. But the one that you just talked about, the part that really bothered me that didn't make any sense to me that maybe you can explain to me um, is the ending after what ends up happening in the episode where she basically uh, drags him there to help her get an opportunity and pose as her actual husband even though they're uh, they're not married um, and not even really together um, he kind of goes off at the host of the party and they basically end up leaving the party and kind of putting the kibosh on her potential opportunity to network work and uh have a better career opportunity and it ends with them having sex and i was i was i was really confused by that i, I don't know you what's going on it. with her character okay so think think by that point she she was over them too if you think about it she was over them too she was ready to go as well but remember when she met they were talking to those uh women those high society women and they were like oh jack and jill of the atlanta chapter is we're looking for new members you'd be a perfect fit and right before that urn had they said so what do you do urn he said nothing seriously nothing she takes care of our daughter she she works really hard you know she really he gave this whole soliloquy about how great she is you don't mm-hmm. remember that? No, I do. I do. But I, I, I found it. I mean, because there's also more context to the episode where, remember, she picks him up at another woman's house at the to go uh, to this uh, party. So I, I anyway, I, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense to others. I'm just saying I was a bit confused by it. But you know what? Here's the thing. At the end of the day, we all know people, couples that are not coupled, consciously uncoupled, if that's what you're calling it now, (laughs) that have a child together. And regardless of the fact that they may not be together, you still have a thing. You still hold a candle for that person. So when it comes, you know, simply because of the fact that you have a child together, but you have a child together because there was something there. It doesn't mean a full-fledged relationship, but there was something there. And I think that's 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 real. There's so many couples that people, you know, that we may know that that's the case. And I think that's simply the case there. So even though they're not together, they may not ever get back together. They still kind of have a thing for each other. And the fact that though, you know, that they weren't there under the best of circumstances, you they kind of hate each other's guts, but they still really care about each other. Yeah. So even though it's oh, even though it's over, it's never completely over. It's never completely over there. So you always still have, hold a candle. That's the father of your child. That's the mother of your child. You shared something at one point and you created something. So it's never fully going to be over. So I think that's where that came from. Okay. There were all sorts of emotion. Plus, she was drunk too. So. Yeah, b- being drunk does help. That that helps all. That helps sex to happen all the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I peeped that from the way she was looking at him when he was driving them back home. So. All right. Well, I needed to hear a woman's perspective on that because to me, I was like, I don't know. (laughs) So so Atlanta really is a great show. If you could get past the language, there's great writing there. And that's what we're lacking. We're lacking really good stories from a real perspective. This is not gilded. It's not it's real. It feels real. It doesn't feel like they're putting on any pretense. And that's exactly why I love Atlanta. Yeah, even though um, I have definitely have problems with the show, I can't deny the fact there's nothing else like it on television right now. That's all you have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting I'm putting the most positive spin I possibly can put on the show. 
(laughs) Okay, so let's move on to the next segment of our show. All right, so it's time for our weekly review. Every week we're going to be reviewing something where we both check out a show and we uh, talk about the show and give our verdict, our yay or nay, on that particular show. So this week we both watched People of Earth. People of Earth is a new show. Um, it is uh, it airs on Mondays on TBS at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. To give you a little bit about the show, uh, the show is about a journalist named Ozzie Graham, played by Wyatt Cenac, formerly of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Um, he's a skeptical reporter set, sent to a small fictional town, a beacon, to write a story about Starcrossed, a, a support group for people who think they've been abducted by aliens. What former therapist and group leader uh, Gina Morris um, Morrison, played by SNL alum Anna Gasteyer, calls experiencers the PC term for people who've been abducted by aliens. Let's see. Uh, the more Ozzy learns about the group members' experiences, the more confused he becomes about recent events in his own life. Why are Ozzy's memories of the car accident uh, uh, when he hit a deer on a deserted highway a couple of nights ago so hazy? And why does he keep having hallucinations where the deer he hit talks to him? So uh, that's basically what happens in the pilot. He's basically questioning what's happened to him, and he may have a lot more in common with the people he's come to interview than he ever would have imagined. Yes. So, Tachi, what did you think of the show? We watched the first two episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, on my own, the okay, the name sounds interesting because I do like sci-fi, so I probably would have ter- tuned in, but on my own, I may not have watched it, because at first I was like, hmm, I don't know about this. <laughs> and I'm sitting there <laughs> watching and these deer heads and these, put, I mean, these, it doesn't even really look believable. I think maybe it's not meant to look believable. Oh yeah. But- no, it's supposed to be, it, it's, it's the, the deer that he keeps hallucinating. It's almost like, um, it's almost like a puppet. It's, um, I think it's meant to, uh, be funny, but it's the idea that it's happening. Why does he keep seeing a deer, uh, talking to him? Yeah, it, it, here's the thing. I think too that I'm also very spoiled by these high quality productions that I've been watching lately. And so when you have something like this, of course it's supposed to be funny, but and and campy, but it just I it it shocked me for a minute because again, if it's something that doesn't really have a super super high budget, then it's limited to in terms of spaces that they use, settings that they use in terms of character, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's very simple in terms of uh, editing and and things. But with this, it feels like it's lower budget but they still try to do some high budget stuff. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. Okay. Well, what I, one of the things I loved about it um, was I love the matter of fact workplace conversations that, uh, uh, that, uh, co-workers uh co-workers like kind of bicker in real life and that having that happen between the different aliens they're just kind of um oh and also uh, spoiler alert yes there really are aliens involved in the show um and yes. <laughs> <laughs> whoops let that cat out of that bag but anyway it's kind of like an it's kind of like the uh an intergalactic version of the office when we hear the aliens kind of talking to each other and kind of writing each other about like not doing their job properly with the whole abduction and i thought that that was kind of uh that was kind of fun i I enjoyed that part of it and what's going to be interesting about the show i think as it develops is the relationships uh that happen amongst the different uh uh, the 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 dynamic of a support group and how it kind of has echoes and shades of like aa 
So mm-hmm. I'm just happy to see Anna Gasteyer working. I'm a I'm a big fan of hers, uh, and to see her having a regular gig. And um, they showed some uh, scenes of future episodes, so I feel like she's going to have a bigger role to play as the show progresses, which is good. And um, uh, let's see who else is in it. Oh, there's also an Office alums, um, Oscar God, Oscar Nunez, uh, who mm-hmm. played Oscar Martinez on uh, The Office. He actually plays a priest uh, who actually right. uh, runs the church that the uh, group meets in to discuss, you know, try, to deal with the issues of being abducted by aliens and trying to deal with the fact that people don't believe you and are they crazy or not. Yeah, you know, I think I think your point about it being kind of uh at some points office makes sense because it, isn't it the the boss is 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 one of the aliens, yes? Yeah, okay. Uh Wyatt's yeah. an boss uh on the show uh for the uh the publication that he writes for who sends him to uh this small town to uh do a a story about uh Starcross, this group of people who are who say they were abducted by aliens. It, we find out in the first episode that it turns out that he is actually an alien himself. So there's a bigger kind of conspiracy that's gonna run run through the whole show what does his boss have to do with this what do the aliens ultimately want and why do they pick these people in particular and one thing that they tell everyone <laughs> it was kind of i thought funny it's like you know you are special you're special you're special <laughs> and so the question is are they special and if they're special special how special why so that's something i think is going to be revealed through the course of the uh rest of the run of the show well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they do deal with that, because remember, when they had abducted Wyatt, they were like, just tell him he's special like the, like the rest like of them. Like everybody else. <laughs> like everybody else, exactly. So I'm like, is this something that they picked up that Earthlings like, and they just say, okay, just tell them they're special. Just, oh, yeah, know, definitely. But there, I don't think it's a coincidence that he got abducted when his boss happens to be an alien who also sent him there uh, to do uh, this uh, investigative story. report. So there's some yeah. reasoning behind the whole thing. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see if it all plays out and we at least get some major answers by the end of this season. I haven't checked out the ratings yet to see how it did in its uh, first two airings. Actually, the it actually the first night it aired last uh, Monday. They aired uh, two episodes in a row, and uh, a third episode aired last night. So it airs, like I said before, on Mondays on TBS. And um, it's it's definitely something different. You got to give it that much. It's not your average uh, sitcom. Yeah, no, it's not. All right, so Tachi, let's um, just cut to the chase. <laughs> what did you what did you give this show our rating scale for those of you who are and well, all of you break. are the first time listeners to it. it's the first time we've ever, ever done this so our rating scale is uh stay tuned if we like the show or change the channel if we didn't so tachi are you staying tuned or are you changing well, the channel before we stay tuned before we stay tuned i have to ask you said beacon is a fictional yeah, it's a it's a fictional town, town. It's supposed to be because there is a beacon. Well, no, the town that the 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 town on the show is actually fictional. I was look. I wasn't sure because I was looking. I was like, is this supposed to be Beacon, New York? Beacon, New York is like an hour outside of New York City. So okay, this is a fictional beacon. Yes. Okay. Okay. So now on to my rating. <sighs> how how do I rate this? So I I definitely found it interesting. I did find myself wanting to watch the next episode. So I think that's kind of a, a sign of something. I, I would give it another another episode to see, to judge how I really like it. Because right now I could, I, I, it's interesting, but if I don't end up catching it, I'd be okay mm-hmm. <laughs> with that. So it's not a diehard change the channel. It's uh it's a I will change the channel if I'm not hooked after the next episode. So you you're giving it one more view. One more view. Mhm. 
All right, for me, I'm gonna stay tuned. I have, I, I'm a big fan of Wyatt Cenac. Um, I think he is a really great kind of everyman character. Um, I feel like you can kind of identify with him and get into his shoes. And the show was turning into a fish out of water story also because he leaves New York City and he moves to this small town kind of in search of ants, uh, in search for an answers, answers about what exactly happened to him and why did it happen to him and um, it's going to be interesting to see and clearly there's something going on with some of the residents of the town um, the uh, police officer uh, or the sheriff of the town is played by John Benjamin uh, for those of you who love animation you have heard if, you may not know his face but you've heard his voice he is uh, the dad on uh, Bob's Burgers and he is also the voice of Archer so Archer. Yes. Yeah, he goes way back in animation. But anyway, we get to see his see him actually acting and hear his voice in this. And clearly, uh, there's some kind of uh, hints that he may know something or have some kind of um, relationship uh, with the aliens. It's not clear if he is one or not. Wow. Well, we shall find out, shan't we? Oh, definitely. Okay. Well. I guess that wraps it up for us for this week. Yes, this is our third episode. Our third episode and our first regular episode of uh, TV channeling. Yes, 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 yes. So there, as I said at the beginning, we have two other episodes that are really great general episodes that we did. One is top five shows of all time. The other one is top five guilty pleasures. And we invite you to tell us what yours are. You can tweet at us at tv channeling do you remember what the hashtag is it's tv okay uh well the our TV actual channel, our channel is tv USA. channeling usa and uh, mm-hmm. there's two different hashtags uh let's see uh the hashtag for your top five fave shows i believe is uh five the number five fave fav uh uh shows five fave shows five five fave tv shows so would that be five, f-a-v-e f-a-v TV shows and so, so list your, your five on there on that and then also there is the uh, hashtag for your favorite um, guilty pleasures so that one was uh, was it top five Tachi do you remember what that was because we shortened it yeah it was top five top number five GP TV yeah okay so, so- hashtag top the number five G P TV. That's it. All right. And so anyways, and we're also now on Instagram, uh, as TV channeling on Instagram and we're TV channeling on Facebook and we're also TV channeling on Snapchat. Yes. Just remember to add the USA if you're trying to get to us on Twitter. And that's it, bruh. Anything else you want to let the audience know before we sign off? Well, nothing other than we look forward to uh, having you guys tune into our show next week as well. Absolutely. All right. So that's it. So for now, I'm going to bid you all adieu and say goodbye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Cheers. Bye. Bye.